have an upcoming episode titled Bryce's Over Party. <laughs> yeah, we recorded two episodes with Bryce, which are, you will have already heard them by now. Yeah, they're um, coming out pretty soon, but. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's two, one is titled Bryce's Over Party, and I sent it a screenshot to him. Of the cover. Because I was like, making all the covers, and he was like, wait, why is it Bryce's Over? And I was why like, am I over? We, we said that. I don't remember why the we said that. The title of the episode. like three times yeah. just between the both of us of like stuff coming up yeah so now we've pushed it to the point where it's like we really shouldn't push it any further because any right. further and it's like we're not never gonna, gonna get out. it done yeah but we're both just like uh <laughs> it's been a long day for us both yeah i just got done with like a long dinner with my family yeah we're recording this it's mother's day so you got yeah. together with your family with my family day. i went to the gym this morning with one of my friends and then I, and it was, like, one of those things where we said 11 o'clock. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, that's, like, pretty late. And then I got up and was like, wow, I'm not ready to leave the house. Dude, 11 in, like, o'clock does not feel very late today. <laughs> no, yeah, I woke up, and it was, like, plenty <laughs> yeah. of time. But I was still just like, oh, my God, like, I do not have energy to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And then I, yeah, went to dinner with my family, and <laughs> my grandpa was, like, he likes to talk <laughs> shit about other people's religions, like, like, from the outside, his religion isn't also ridiculous-sounding if right. you're not a- Like, if you're part of any religion, to someone from a different religion, it's gonna it sound weird. ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you can't- You have to have some perspective, but he just doesn't. <laughs> no. So he was, like, talking a bunch of shit really loud in the middle of the restaurant about Mormon people. <laughs> and I was like, you don't do that. Freaking stop affiliating me with you. Yeah, oh that's so mean to just be like, I- Just because I don't understand or believe in your religion, like, I think I'm, you're weird or yeah, crazy or whatever. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's wild. It was so weird. And then my family got in this argument that we get in periodically <laughs> for the last ten years, which is- one time, and this is the same, so, first of all, I went to this restaurant called The String Bean, which <laughs> okay. is a thousand percent like an old white people restaurant. It sounds like one. It's like a kind of southern comfort it's food like type restaurant. It's like a Cracker Barrel type. It is kind of like a Cracker Barrel. Yeah. Well, my family was convinced that because it was Mother's Day, it was going to be really busy, so they made a reservation, and they made us go at 5.30. That was something my grandparents do every time we have dinner. <laughs> we went at 5.30 to beat the crowd. Right, exactly. And there was nobody in there, and the only people that were in there was, like, old people. <laughs> They're like, yeah, you're here 30 minutes for your reservation, but we can see too early because nobody's here. Yeah, it was like nobody was in there. Yeah. There were all these empty tables, and the only people that were there were old people. I was oh like, why did we rush all the way here? But the last time we ate that restaurant was 10 years ago. Okay. And we went with, like, a bunch of my mom's extended family. And so my aunt has a couple of kids, and so I was, like, helping her get her kids into the car. 
And while I was doing that, my family was like, time to go, and then left me in the parking lot at that restaurant. <laughs> I know this story. Yeah, <laughs> and we argue about it periodically, because yeah. nobody wants to admit that it's their fault <laughs> that they left me in the parking lot at a restaurant. And I'm like, it's everybody's fault. It's everyone's First fault. First of all, equally. my parents no had remembers. two children. <laughs> so there was only... Like, there was, out of two people in the car, one person was missing. Right. That's, like, not Come enough on, people man. to be like, oh, it's just hard <laughs> oh, to notice. Oh, it overlooked you. Like, yeah. yeah. I'm like, they have nine kids. <laughs> Even then, it's like, okay, that's still your kid. It's like, Come on, dude. And my mom is always is, like, insistent that it's 0% her fault. And, like, it's equally your and dad's fault because you should have yeah. checked to make sure everyone was in the car. Do a head count But it's mostly my children. sister's fault because she was in the back seat and didn't say anything. <laughs> I can see if you got in, you kind of just assumed everyone was already in the car. 30% her fault, 30% your dad's fault. Yeah, 40% Lindsay's fault. Because <laughs> she should have said something. And they took them like five minutes before they noticed and turned around. And my mom always says it's not her fault because she was the one that noticed. And I was like, yeah, five minutes later. Five minutes, come on. It's not It's not, not your fault because you did something about it. Yeah, so, that's, and that's always oh an exhausting God. argument to have, because it's the same kind of arguments I always have with my mom, which is, nothing that's ever gone wrong, and wrong is, is ever mom. my fault, and it's like... And if you insinuate that it is, then you're telling her that she's a bad mom. Yeah, having a percentage of fault in something that happened does not make you a bad person, no. or like, in any way invalidated at anything other than you're a person and you messed up, like... Everyone does that. Everyone does that, saying like, yeah, you're right, I like... Didn't say that very nicely, or you know, I yeah, should have made a better so choice. Easy. Then it's so easy. But okay. today, someone said it costs me nothing to take the high road. Ooh, that's good. That was really good. Yeah. Is that someone at work that said that? Yeah. Um, my coworker. There was this really elegant woman who walked into the store today. Ooh. And my coworker, after she like rang her up on the register, was like, um, "Can I just ask you a question? You carry yourself with an air of elegance, like." Is that something you've had to work on in your life, or does that come naturally to you? And she was talking about how she's a very tall woman, and so, like, growing up, she was kind of self-conscious about it, and she had to do a lot of, like, work to sort of, like, be confident in herself and not um, care about other people's opinions and stuff like that. And she was like, a lot of times when people make rude comments or whatever, they're going through their own stuff, and it's, like, more about them than it is about you, and they're projecting that onto you. Yeah. So it cost me nothing to take the high road, and I was like... That's so good. It was really good. Yeah. Anyway, this is actually anyway, a good segue into yeah. what we're talking about today, which is intergenerational trauma. Yes. And specifically this book that we read together that got recommended to me by one of my professors. We read it together like well, like our two married couple friends who <laughs> read at night to each other out loud. Yeah, we have multiple <laughs> married couple friends and some of them listen to this podcast and yes, this is personally Sorry. a call out. This is a call out. It's weird. <laughs> That will, like, read books out loud to each other, or just, like, kind of, like, we have, like, Rose Roommates will, like, lay side-by-side in bed together, like, old people from the 70s, like, just reading in bed together. freaking, they're on I Love Lucy or something. Yeah. It's like the Brady Bunch. They always do that. They're always, like, in bed reading and this thing happens. That's so true. And they've got their separate little, like, lamps. Lamps. Yep. The amount of times that I referenced the Freddy Bunch in the last like a week, really? <laughs> yeah, I was with Blake in the car the other day, and he is an interior architect, and so um, he was like talking about some like Jack and Joe bathrooms or something like that. Yeah, so he's talking about some sort of like 
thing he was having to do for a client that had unreasonable expectations. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it's like that episode of the Brady Bunch <laughs> where Mike is trying to draw plans for the beauty mogul Bibi Galini. <laughs> she wants her, her her factory to look like a powder puff and the lid opens on the top. Oh, cute. And he's like, I can't do We're that. not doing that. He's an architect in that show? Yeah. I barely remember that show. I remember too much. You remember a lot about that show. <laughs> we watched it a I think we weren't allowed to watch, like, Disney Channel, like, yeah. for a long time, and then we weren't allowed to watch Nickelodeon ever, because they said, yeah. oh my god. Yeah. And, which, right. <laughs> no, you know that. Because <laughs> uh, I've been look how you turned out. <laughs> for the amount of effort that my parents put into me, like, not turning out corrupt at all, it really didn't work. <laughs> Further proof that you are who you are, and there's really nothing you can do about it. Exactly. Um, so we yeah. watched things like that, because it was like, well, this is clean. Right, right. So we watched exactly. a lot of The Brady Bunch. We didn't watch a lot of The Brady Bunch, but for a period of a few months, we did live with my grandparents. Mm. Um, be- while, when we moved back from Ohio, I was like four or five years old, and we were getting ready to move into our new house, but it wasn't done being built yet. Mm-hmm. So we lived with my grandparents, and they didn't have cable or anything like that. Um, and this was before, you know, streaming services obviously existed, and so we would watch, like, The Munsters and, like, The Addams Family and Mama's House, I think was what it was called. There is one episode, I can't talk about this without talking about this one episode, but there was an episode of Mama's House where she, um, comes in from, like, a storm or mm-hmm. something like that, and her whole family is, like, in the house, and they're like, oh my god, we were so worried about you, like, we're so glad you're safe from the storm and she's like all shook up and everything and um they're like what's wrong um and her friend who's with her like turns her around and she's been struck by lightning down the back oh my god <laughs> it's such a fun it's so it's such a funny like visual gag it gets me every time i think about it <laughs> <laughs> that's wild oh my god <laughs> anytime i talk about that period of time in our lives um, and Randy is nearby, he's like, you're gonna talk about that fucking episode of Mom's <laughs> It's funny how, like, specific things like that will really kind of imprint on you, and it's I like, know, I'll never so forget weird. about that. Yeah. It's like, probably really not even that funny, but, like, because exactly. it was so funny then, it's, it's still funny It's funny now. forever. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh um, my god, wait, before oh, we keep going. Okay. Have to do a little podcast shout out. Let me okay. find this thing. Bryce did something really nice about the podcast the other day. Uh, and I was Bryce. gonna tell you, and then I was like, I'll feature it on the podcast. Oh so, my god, this is we have an upcoming episode titled Bryce's Over Party. <laughs> yeah, we recorded two episodes with Bryce, which are you will have already heard them by now. Yeah, they're um, coming out pretty soon. But but um, <laughs> yeah, it's one is titled Bryce's Over Party, and I sent it a screenshot to him of the cover because I just was like making all the covers, and he was like, "Wait, why is it Bryce's <laughs> Over?" And I was why like, am I we, over? He <laughs> said that. I don't remember why the we said it. The title of the episode. The incredibly unhelpful um, titles that we titled the episode. Oh my god, it was so funny. Oh man. Okay, wait, hang on. I'm trying to find it now. I can't, like, I know when it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is me talking shit about someone that we were with <laughs> while we were with them. I'm gonna have to cut this part Wait, out. Who? Let me just, yeah, let me just pause it. it. Just pause it. <laughs>
Okay, we're back. We had to take a minute because I could not find this message. And then I realized that I think it's because I accidentally deleted a message. Or like, oh, I see. a message accidentally got deleted or something because there's one that's just missing. But oh, okay. what he asked me was, this was on Friday, and he was like, oh, are you posting an episode today? Mm-hmm. Because your episodes are the highlight of my week. And oh, I was like, that's so sweet. Right? And he was like, yeah, it's the best. It's This is exactly what he said. It's the best. It's like Sarah said. It's like hanging out and wanting to contribute to the conversation, like, with my friends. It puts me at ease. And I was like, oh, oh sometimes he listens to it when he's going to bed. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about me putting you to sleep. <laughs> but also, that's really nice. That's so nice because, like, that's the whole thing that I, um, that's kind of the whole thing that I wanted with this podcast was that, A, I wanted to have fun doing it and B, like, that's what I use podcasts for, and I really started getting into podcasts when my anxiety really started ramping up, and um, so it really put me at ease and sort of, like, helped take my mind off of things, especially, like, because executive function, like, was so impossible that, like, getting up and getting ready for the day or getting ready for bed was, like, just out of the question unless I had something to distract me mm-hmm. but yeah so that's so sweet oh my gosh thanks Bryce yeah I thought that was really nice Aww. and I, we're like shook by the fact that apparently people other than our friends listen, listen to this podcast, to this podcast. which is so wild it, because <laughs> the whole point like that we make it is like mostly for our friends where it's like yeah it's fun to have conversations with our friends and like with each other and it's yeah, like it's fun it. to like look back on these and like listen back to them exactly which i always thought like ew i would hate listening back to this I but i think it's it. fun like every time i like go back and edit them like i think it's really fun to yeah. like listen to the stuff we say and like we always say stupid shit that I yeah we say exactly it's yeah, fun and we get to laugh at it again you know yeah and it's like yeah. fun to then have our friends listen to it and be like oh I really thought that one part was funny yeah. or like to comment on like bits that we talked about it's really great yeah but yeah I'm glad that people are liking it so, so. Yeah, me too anyway yeah. today so the book that I mentioned was re- recommended by my professor mm-hmm. and it's called it didn't start by you by Mark Wallen and it's about um like, inherited trauma and intergenerational trauma and how, um, like, even experiences that have happened generations past can, like, influence the behavior of their family, but also, like, can literally influence, like, your genetic makeup and, like, how you behave and things like that. And that, I think, is called epigenetics? Yeah, it's called epigenetics, which is, like, the idea that, like, the hormones in your body and, like, the genes in your body, if you go through, like, a really stressful situation and everyone has, like, different genomes in their body so like Mm -hmm. different ways that the genes that you have can express themselves and so your body can like adapt to certain situations by like flipping on and off like certain genes basically yeah and so if your like mom goes through a really really stressful situation it can like you know flip on and off certain genes that'll make her like more adaptable to like stress and things like that and then that will be passed on to you and so it can literally affect like the way your genetic makeup looks so like for example if your one of your parents has like post-traumatic stress disorder and they their like cortisol levels are lowered they can pass that on to their children who also have lower levels of cortisone mm-hmm. i think stuff. it's higher I think it's lower. Is it? I think it Cortisol is lower. Is stress hormone. I know, but is I think lower? that it really? is lower. Because I remember thinking, that's weird. Yeah, maybe it is. Hang that's on. That's suspicious. That's weird. Hang <laughs> <laughs> on, okay, let me see. Okay. Okay, it's either one. Oh, it is? Okay. And it's depending on how your body responds to it. So it's like some... That's so weird. That's crazy that even like... The same condition affects different people's bodies different ways. Yeah, seriously. 
That is crazy. Yeah, bodies are crazy. Like, the way yeah. that your body can adapt to situations and literally change your genes to be like, oh, we need yeah. this straight now. Like, let's change that. This is crazy. And it's all in an effort to keep you safe and um, keep the human species reproducing. Yeah, that's I've, that's one thing, too, that I've heard a lot of, like, my professors say is, you know, people tend to, especially when you're having, like, really bad, like, mental health experiences, whatever, mm-hmm. you get very frustrated with yourself and your brain and your body of, like, why are you doing this to me? And it's, yeah. like, because your body is only knows keep me safe. Yeah. And so whatever it's, it's, it's doing, best. it's always doing it to keep you safe. Yeah. And it doesn't have, like, you know, the cognitive function that you have to, like, reason through situations. So everything it's doing is to keep you safe. And that's, like, a lot of what this book talked about is, like, yeah, it's very kind of how that can look and things like that. So yeah. we're going to just talk through, like, some of our favorite kind of parts or, like, mm-hmm. you know, parts that we thought were interesting or whatever. I was um, going to say, um, sorry, before we dive in, but to the effect of, like, our bodies do so much for us to keep us safe, like, um, I think it is very easy to get frustrated with your body especially when it's not as healthy as you would like it to be mm-hmm. and so like um so i have this app called finch and it helps me track my moods because i am officially diagnosed as bipolar yo so um but on it there's like a body appreciation quiz and it asks you questions like um you know how strongly do you agree with this statement and it's like um you know i feel that my body does so much for me and like um uh, just all these things, and it's like really good. So I'll have to like read that on here one time because it's like really good. Anyway, yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, we can dive into the book. Okay, um, I did some like sticky notes, but <laughs> I know you did not. So if you have any like parts that you want to talk about, perfect. And I only did like I was like I'm gonna do sticky notes, and then I did like three, and then I started writing notes in the margins at the beginning, and then I don't, and then not throughout the end. And I think there's one part where I circled I also went, did mine in glitter pen too, the same ones that you <laughs> I think there's one part too where I got to it and I just wrote, ew. <laughs> I want to find it because I remember specifically that I wrote that. I did have some, yeah, I mean, yeah. Rob was like, why did he say that? Yeah, this is that, yeah. written by a man because, so, you know, of course, sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> yeah, it, so, you know, male psychologists are trying their best, but yeah. also, oh, here it is. Oh god, what was it? (laughs) (laughs) It's when someone was talking about how if you, like, have... So a lot of it is talking about, like, your early... The earliest experiences that you have with your parents, especially your mother, Mm -hmm. tend to formulate a lot of, like, the way that you view relationships, because that's your first relationship Relationship. with anyone is with your mom, like, even before you're born. Right. And so he's talking about how, you know, if you have, like, a bad relationship with your mom or, like, you know, something in, like, your early childhood, like, kind of disturbs the relationship with your mother it can affect you later on because like the first thing you know is like a disruptive relationship Mm -hmm. and then he was making a comment about how like it can give you anxiety like it can make it hard for you to maintain other relationships it can also translate into making the decision to not have children and i just said ew ew yeah like okay let's stop pretending that that decision is an inherently bad one please because it's not. Yeah, well, I definitely get that, like, if you did have a really bad relationship with your mom, like, it might be, you know, I feel like now I can't be a good parent because I didn't have good parents or something yeah. like that. And that's, like, those are valid experiences. They but yeah. but just the way just he said it was, like, yeah, you can just yeah. not want kids and that's okay, too. And that's fine, yeah. Part of the reason I don't want to have kids is because of epigenetics. And I'm <laughs> like, I don't really want to pass on some of the things that I have to another generation. 
But that's not. But that's just part of it. Well, and you're not like, like those aren't. That's not like fate. Like just yeah. because of the way that something happened for your parents. Like you don't. That's like kind of the point of the whole book is that you yeah. don't have to like repeat the cycle. Exactly. Yeah. The whole point of the book is knowing these sort of blockages that you might have because of a past generational thing, and then how to get free of that. Yeah. So it's not like. You know, you're not doomed. Yeah, you're to... not doomed. Or the whole point is that he's kind of trying to bring is like, if you know about it, then you can do something about exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. And it's yeah, it's more just like bringing awareness. I think is kind of his point. Yeah. Um. So the first thing, and I know we did kind of already talk about this, but the first thing is he talks about how um, a lot of times family systems will um like repeat patterns, which is very people are like people of pattern, and that sort of happens a lot. Mm-hmm. And so he was saying a lot of times in family systems, if there's, like, a person that kind of, like, breaks out of, like, the, like, design or kind of, like, desired, like, behavior pattern for that family system, Mm -hmm. and that person is, like, rejected by the family or something like that, a lot of the times that pattern will repeat itself until then people choose, like, you know, we have to behave better in the situation and, like, you know, not reject this person. And I put a sticky note and said, I wonder who is doomed to share my fate. And I apparently was, like, really in my feels about that for yeah, some reason. Yeah, seriously. That's But funny. also, it's not yeah. wrong. No, it's not. It's gonna happen. I feel like, okay, and one of, so he gives several examples of, um, like, patients he's worked with um, who, you know, have some sort of issue in their life, and he has them, like, state basically their worst fear about the issue. Like, what's the worst possible outcome that could happen? And for me, it was like, um, people will like think really badly of me basically mm-hmm. and um then it was like who in your family's history past for the past like three or four generations um could have felt that way and could those feelings actually belong to that person mm-hmm. and so um I've always kind of felt like the outsider of my family also um for several reasons and I identified with um, my dad's mother, her his biological mother who died when he was thirteen, because she like um, um, cheated on her husband and then got basically ejected from the family and took my dad with her. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, so that's like an example of what this is talking about. Yeah, the, a lot but of times yeah. like fam, because there's. Families have, like, a certain, like, expected norm for the family, and so typically any time, like, a person is outside of that norm for whatever reason, like... They sort of get rejected. Or, like, pressured or whatever. Yeah, to be a a part of... Yeah. Yeah, and so the person will either, like, conform, or a lot of times they'll just, like, leave or get kind of, like, thrown out of the family, and that's typically gonna keep happening until the family decides, like, we have to make, like, a drastic change in... Mm -hmm you know, our behavior, and that can happen for generations, because, like, what's normal for, you know, like, your grandparents is gonna be normal for you a lot of the times, because, like, they, like, that's then made normal for your parents, and it just, like, gets passed on and on. it comes from somewhere, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, Um, it's, like, it takes a lot of active effort to, like, stop those cycles. And sometimes I, yeah, exactly, because sometimes I think that those, that people can get rejected from a family without... The, their family members even trying to reject them or realizing that that's what they're doing. You yeah, know what I, mean? I think people can happen like aren't even aware exactly of, like what how they're affecting people with their behavior. Exactly. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. Also laughed one time because there was a point where he like pointed out that people were Lebanese for literally no reason. Wait, what? <laughs> this is 
this just point where he just says like this, these two Lebanese that's sisters. Right. I think I then, wrote that down too, and I was like, why the fuck did you say that? That is the number one thing they tell you in school, like for psychology, is that you should never like pinpoint an attribute about someone that, that doesn't matter. That doesn't have immediate relevance to the situation because exactly. it's like marginalizing. Yeah, literally. It's like it, it doesn't matter that they're Lebanese unless it's like Oh, so yeah, and then they like you know, and this, this and their Lebanese culture, and, like yeah. whatever, yes, yeah, so, which is yeah, which you know affected them in this way. Yeah, it was yeah. really okay. It was interesting. I thought that it was like what the heck. Um, <laughs> let's see where's my next sticky note. Okay, yeah. So one of the things that he talked about that I like really disagreed with, which uh-huh. I feel like you will too, um, was when he was talking about how the way to like kind of when you have this sort of unrest within yourself that's like the result of some sort of like family pattern mm-hmm. the easiest way to fix that is by like mending the relationship with your parents mm. and I was like I really think that that discredits the experience of people that can't have that mended for them or like yeah. that that would be dangerous to them to like yeah like have some sort of relationship where it's like yeah maybe I have a separate relationship with my parents on purpose maybe we have to maybe I tried to mend fences and it just couldn't happen yeah or maybe like I'm not close with them because they don't accept me or whatever like maybe there's a price to pay for that relationship that theme running throughout the whole book did sit wrong with me yeah and I think I think that's one of the like which everybody has blind spots yeah and I think that's one of the blind spots for this like Author. presumably cis straight man right is you know you have the advantage of like the relationship that's not good with your parents is like from a lack of poor communication and not because they fundamentally disagree with who you are as a person exactly yeah. and it's like that you know something you're discrediting the experience of a lot of people that don't have the luxury of just oh well, we just like don't talk enough so like right. we should talk more and then it fixed everything because that was his experience yeah that, and he's talking that about he this from like a very personal experience where his own experience yeah yeah which i like i think even if he just said that yeah like would have just kind of noted like this is my experience like i don't have an experience outside of this but whatever. it very much takes the tone of like this was my experience and it is law yeah and this is what you should do too exactly and this will help you definitely yeah, and it that's was... you know it's just and that's not the case for any sort of any any book like this really it's it's not one size fits all no and I think you do have to like kind of take that with a grain of salt when you're yeah reading it, where exactly it's, like, you kind of have to recognize this person is like, coming from their experience and that's like all they have to offer there's gonna be you know possibly some good things and some bad things or or not even good and bad but like things that you are gonna be able to take and apply to your life and things that you won't that's not bad. Exactly. And yeah, there's like on a couple pages later, he's talking about how like one specific study found that people that had bad relationships with their parents like had more health issues. Mm -hmm. And I was like, first of all, that's correlation, not causation. I wouldn't cite one study. Yeah. And not have other studies back that up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah, to act like that's a thing. And also that maybe is a result of like stress more than... Yeah, it's, like, maybe the reason you have a bad relationship with your parents is because they're bad to you, or, like, you don't... Right. You know, there's, like, an active stressor in that situation. Yeah, maybe there are things in that relationship that cause the bad health aside from just not, you yeah, know, just like close not, with them. Exactly. And then, yeah. then he also... He always talked about in the context of, like, the child's rejection of their parents. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's about putting a lot of rejection of their on child? the child... 
when it's like, I feel like in a lot of cases, it's 50-50 fault, where it's like, sure. even if it's just bad communication, like, both of you should be communicating better. It takes two of you to communicate. Exactly. So it's like, it's probably 50-50 fault, but there are situations where it's like, it could just be the parents, and like, that's... Especially in the, um, in the case of like, a child, who like an underage child. Yeah, where it's because like, they that's don't not a kid's know. fault. No, it's yeah. just ridiculous. Kids are aliens who you have to, who come to Earth and you have to teach them how to be a person. <laughs> so they don't know anything about being a person. <laughs> I've never, never been a person. This morning, before. Blake and I literally had a conversation about how we sometimes forget that kids are people. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because they're not people yet. <laughs> like, I mean, like you are. A, you are a person. <laughs> yes. No. Sorry. I meant to say kids are like aliens. They're not literal <laughs> aliens. You're a person. I'm sorry. Let me say that, like, worse. whose children are listening to this podcast? I don't know, man. Yeah, you Please child do not listen to this podcast. Listen to this podcast. You're a person. <laughs> Validated. <laughs> there should not be any children listening to this podcast. Oh my oh god. My god. Um, uh-huh. And then after that part, I stopped writing notes because, A, a lot of it was more, like, it was helping more, you find your personal experience. And it was a lot of, like, different people's stories. Yeah, he had a lot of, like, stories. Yeah. And he also had a lot of... He had an interesting, like, spiritual perspective that I... He did. Did not understand or relate to. Yeah. That so. made it hard for me to, like, really grasp his point. Like, he talked a lot about, like, the energy of a person... And, like, the energy of the relationship, and I was like, I don't know And, like, really know the energy flow, and I think that has to do with, like, chakras and stuff. I think so. I don't know. I don't enough. know a lot about that stuff. I don't know enough to really comment on it. Yeah, I don't either. It definitely had, like, more of, like, an Eastern ph- philosophy perspective than sure, I Western. which is totally fine. I just yeah, don't I don't, have a lot of I don't know anything about that, and I'm that. not especially spiritual, so those things don't tend to resonate with me very much. Sure. But that was the part where I stopped taking notes, so I don't have any like specific thoughts past that but do you i know um, you just recently read like the kind of latter part of the book i did i just finished the book today um <clears throat> i thought it was interesting um there's not really that much more to talk about because he pretty much just takes those tools and says and then walks you through the process of finding you know like your core complaint or core fear putting that into words and then thinking of okay does that come from something that happened to me or something that happened to someone generations before and if it happened to someone generations before how can I alleviate that yeah it's so it's kind of like the first half is like him explaining like what What the philosophy is is, yeah and then he walks you through like different exercises you can do where it's like okay think about your mom like write down all the words that come to mind when you think think about your your mom mom. okay now do that like with your dad or like with you know your father figure whatever Mm -hmm. and like kind of goes through and do any like issues in your life now come from a bad relationship with your mom or with your dad like did something happen when you were a baby or did something happen when your mom was a baby? Did your parents hurt someone? Do um, <clears throat> Did they benefit from unfair circumstances? Is that why you're, you know, not benefiting now? Because you're sort of, like, paying the penance for that unconsciously and, like, things like that. So it was interesting. I didn't um, resonate with all of it, but it did get me to start asking questions. And I had a really interesting, like conversation with my mom about um like because okay so I just got diagnosed with bipolar like a couple weeks ago and so we were talking about it and I know that she had 
described her mom growing up as like pretty volatile and like she didn't know like what version of her mom she was gonna get when she woke up in the morning and that kind of stuff and so I was like talking to her and I was like do you know what was it like and whatever and do you think that she could have been bipolar and she was like actually that makes a lot of sense and like um it was just very validating to be like okay this might come from somewhere and also um I would like to break that cycle of yeah just lashing out with emotions and stuff like that well I think it gives a lot of context the reason your mom has so much trouble dealing with that behavior in you is because yes as a child it was like this is something uncertain I don't know what to do like this is scary exactly so it's like when I experience it in someone else it makes me think like kind of back to me as a child and that's like a really unsafe situation yeah when you're a kid and you're like super vulnerable going through stuff like that is like really scary and then it's like when you're Mm -hmm. an adult and you go through something that feels like it it's hard to not feel like you're back in that child's brain of like just I don't know what to do I feel unsafe like yeah in terrible danger yeah yeah so it does it definitely does give a lot of context and I think that like I definitely feel like I have things in common with her mom Mm -hmm. um that she has seen in me and she doesn't have a very good relationship with her mom so she's the one that goes to the casino yeah (laughs) <laughs> that's the that's the thing I have in common feature of your grandma <coughs> just kidding it's the grandma that smells like that guy from <coughs> DBU and the grandma that goes to the casino <laughs> oh my god yes um yeah god that's so funny yeah there's this guy that like we went to school with I don't yeah. I didn't know him and I when you told me the story I, like I still don't even like no, have a I face to put his name that. was it was like his name was Harold his name was Harold <laughs> that's right because I, we named our fish after him we did? Yeah, we did. <laughs> his name was Harold. I didn't know that's who we named it yeah. after. Oh my god. Well, you named it apparently. <clears throat> but yeah, there was this guy that was like in, I guess like in your program or like had yeah, some he, classes with you. Yeah, we shared a had, lot of classes. He also had like a class with your brother. Like until we knew your brother. He worked with my brother. He worked with campus. your brother. Yeah. And so one time their brother came up and was like, okay, you know, this guy, <laughs> he smells like Grandma Redmond. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I think his words were like, if you can, smell him. <laughs> and you tell can. me he doesn't smell exactly like Grandma Redman. <laughs> so I we know it's like a certain brand of like shampoo or something. It must be. Oh my That's god. so funny. Yeah, that makes me laugh all the time. There's, yeah, there's Grandma Redman and there's Grandma Tom. Grandma Tom. Whose name is actually Mary Lamb, but we call her Grandma Tom because... When we were little, they, uh, my brother, to distinguish them, was like, oh, this is Grandpa Tom, and that was his actual name. And Grandma Tom. <laughs> That's so cute. Yeah. And now even though Grandpa Tom is, um, has passed away, we still call her Grandma, Grandma Tom. Tom. That's adorable. Oh, my God. It's cute. Yeah. And I love her. I mean, and but my mom also said, it was interesting, because she said that after she went, uh, after uh, her mom went through menopause, she chilled out a lot, which I thought was really interesting. So, like, I don't know. Anyways. So, like, I've always known her as being really chill, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah, there's yeah. A, the cycle of, like, estrogen affects a lot of, like, people's moods. And it can, yeah. like, trigger manic and depressive episodes. That makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyways, so that was interesting. Um, 
what did you get from the book? Like, what takeaways? Did anything stand out to you? I really didn't get a lot, I don't think. That conversation with my mom was probably the the most I got from it. Yeah, I don't really have, like, my family doesn't have a lot of, like, trauma, which I think is kind of just the nature of, like, growing up in, like, a southern Christian, you know, like, sure. family setting where it's, like, they're white and, like, you know, cishet straight people like they're not going through all of this they're not necessarily oppression. set up for trauma yeah they're not set and that, that's not to say that, like people don't no no but... no because bad things happen to oh, yeah. those people too but it's just not but yeah like as common no it's definitely not as common when you're like not in any sort of minority group right and it's they're like just don't have any like you know traumatic no like house fires like those are a lot of things he talks about it's like house fires or like someone tragically dies and it's like that's yeah. really never like happened in my family sure and the only, like, you know, kind of, like, generational disruption is me. And that's just their fundamental disagreement with the way I choose to live my life. And there's nothing I there's can nothing do about that. Do. Yeah, right, exactly. That's not my fault. It's not your fault, and it's not your job to mend that fence. No, it's not. So, yeah. Well, that's fair. Um, do you have anything else you'd like to talk about as far as, like, epigenetics or... Um... I don't know. I mean, I know we did, like, talk a lot about it when we were reading it, because it's so- it's one of those things that when you read it, you're like, this is fake. Because I, yeah, I think I sent you a Marco Polo at the beginning, and I was like, is there really even anything to this? Like, this seems weird. Well, it, I think it because it reminded me a lot of, like, the way that my parents talk about what they call generational curses. Yeah, they're, they're like, <laughs> on the right track. They're so close. <laughs> So close. Yeah, there's and a yet, lot so far. <laughs> there's a lot to it. But it's it's all like patterns of behavior and it's like yeah. you like what you learn is like normal behavior and like, you know, kind of like adaptive behavior for negative situations. You learn from your family and you see like how your family deals with stress and yeah. that's how you learn to deal with stress and things <clears> like that. And it's like and your body is always trying to like protect you and so yeah, that can, like, affect your genetic coding and stuff like that. And it, it, it is generational, but also it's not, like, it's not, like, it's a, not curse. a curse. <laughs> you can fix it. I think that's the difference is that it's, yeah. you can unlearn well, behaviors. believed that you could fix it just by believing hard enough that you're not under that curse. Oh, good lord. That's what they always told me, too. And if you don't, if you are not free from generational curses then um, your faith isn't strong enough and you should probably read the Bible and pray some more. <laughs> I hate that, like, idea that the whole point of, like, the Bible is that you don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah, literally. And then people... They're so, Christian like, people love to make yeah. it so that you have to work for it, even though the whole yeah, point... Yeah. The whole point of their religion is that you don't have to. Exactly. Is that <laughs> Jesus died on the cross. I've, and, and even Paul says that in one of his letters. He's like, dude, if you had to do all that stuff still... Then Jesus died for nothing. So... Yeah, the whole point is, like, you don't have to do any of this stuff anymore. You don't have to have all these rules. No. And... But people don't know how to not have... People don't know how to do that. People don't know how to, like, not categorize people as, like, good and bad people and good yeah. and bad things. And it's... Exactly, exactly. And, like, have, like, gray to the black and white of their life. So it's, right. like, this is only black or white. When That's in reality, so few things in life are black or white, you know? No, it's we live just, in a very gray world. <laughs> we really do, we really do. But um, people don't know how to handle that, so. No. 
having not a sure answer and like living in the uncertainty. Yeah, that's very uncomfortable for people. Which I get it. I get I mean, it. Nobody it, likes it. Can it be uncomfortable. Yeah. You have to see how badly that's affecting the people around you when you have that sort of attitude of like. Yeah, and sometimes working through the gray areas can really lead to a place of joy. Yeah, when it's you like know? you know this and like freedom. Let me decide what I think about different issues for myself yeah and for myself only yes literally yeah and you're worth doing that you know um but yeah anyway um something that my old therapist i just matched with a new therapist oh bless on talk space um which is covered by my insurance we love to hear it we love to hear that so i'm gonna meet with her on saturday um, if I can get off of work, we'll see about that. I thought you but, were gonna, like, I thought you had, like, dedicated days off. I was supposed to. <laughs> but that didn't happen. I'm also working a lot more hours than I wanted, so... You can tell them that you're working too much. I need to tell them that, yeah, because I literally am working too much. I'm, like, I'm so run down. <laughs> yeah, I would just, um, I, yeah. well, I would blame it on your other job. Be like, you know, I'm not having enough time to do my yeah. other job. Like, because they knew when thing. you got hired, right, that you had another job. Yeah. Yeah, I would be like, hey. I gotta do this. I yeah. really need this to cap out at, like, this many hours unless... Unless something crazy comes up or yeah, whatever. Well, and I would even tell them like, you know, you can ask me if if you know a ship needs to be covered. I can't I'm, promise. I can't that promise I, can do I will. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I've been that person where it like became the dedicated fill-in person, and it yeah. sucks ass. It sucks so bad. Yeah, and like you know, I, I want to be nice and like fill in for people if they need it, but like you know, but you can't, can't fill in for everybody. No, You're exactly. one person. One you can't person. be like three people. Exactly. So yeah. Well, um, you yeah and. This evening, they tried to ask off, because it was like, hey, I'm really not yeah. feeling good today. And their boss was like, no. No, you can't. Even though you filled in for somebody yesterday. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, like, I will figure it out, because genuinely, this job does not pay enough no. for it to be worth it if I'm going to be like this all the time. So I will quit if it's... Yeah, well, I would tell them, it would be like, hey, this is, like, not a sustainable... It's not. With another job, I can do I'm way this. more at my other job, so I really need to prioritize that. Yeah. Yeah. I would so, tell them that. So, yeah. So, yeah, I'll do that. But, um, I forgot what I was gonna say already. Um. <laughs> oh, you're talking about your therapist. You got a new therapist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, right, I'm supposed to meet with her on Saturday, um, but I was gonna say that something my old therapist told me, um to do is like you know when I start fighting with my mom and she starts like sort of putting accusations on me to be like where does that come from you know and whatever and like why do you think that mm-hmm. whatever and just asking those questions um has led to some actually good conversations that's so, good that was a good tip that I just thought I would share because we needed to fill the time so <laughs> <laughs> we're both just like we're yeah. just talking about... I know, dude. Um, it's been such a long week. It has. I'm, like, super over it. Do you want to end this episode early, and then we'll do one where we pick topic out of the jar? Yeah, fuck this. Yeah, fuck this. <laughs> I don't want to talk about generational trauma anymore. It's been no, a traumatic week. No, it has been a traumatic week. I had to go to... Oh, this could be a fun bit of content. Okay. So I did, like, a... Uh, like a initial assessment with a psych... Well, she's saying be a psychologist. A clinical um, psychologist, right? Yeah, she's a PsyD. Okay, um, okay, okay. And so I did, like, a an intake assessment with her, because um, I was like, maybe I should get assessed for autism. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, my thinking was, like, it might be helpful to, like, 
be able to have that as like kind of ending the cycle in my family because that is definitely like a thing that has happened in my family is like a lot of people have undiagnosed like neurodivergencies sure and don't know how to handle that and so it's sort of just like muscled through in a very unhealthy way (laughs) so it's like you know it could be a good thing kind of like be the first person to like demonstrate like no let's get this taken care of like we're gonna go let's do something about it and i met with her and i think a lot of the the discussion I had with her, like, sat more uneasily with me than I thought it did until I kept, mm-hmm. like, then it kept, I kept thinking about those things that she said, and I was like, I don't like that. And I think some of it was that it felt like, and this may have just been, like, the way that she phrased things more than, like, you know, maybe she was phrasing them more harshly, or people that act in those types of settings where it's, like, they're, because she's not a, she's not working as a therapist, she's working specifically as, like, an assessment provider. Right. And so people that work in more, like, which we've talked about this, we, I hate psychiatrists. Everyone knows that I hate psychiatrists on this podcast because I talk shit about psychiatrists all the time. Fuck psychiatrists. Because in that sort of, like, medical model setting, it's like, you don't get to know someone personally, like, how can you You can come off, yeah, you can come off kind of abruptly or you can, like, come off kind of dismissive because you're in a rush and it's like, you're going through, like, a checklist of questions, basically. Yeah, exactly. And it did kind of feel like that, like, she was going through, like, a checklist of questions and it felt like a little judgy like there was one point where mm-hmm. she was asking me about like food issues that I have because I have a lot of food issues in terms of like texture and stuff and she was asking me like well what what do you eat and I was feeling very on the spot and she knew ahead of time like I have ADHD I have like memory retention issues mm-hmm. like being put on the spot does not work for me because right. I have a really hard time like, how are you gonna list everything you eat right then right yeah there. so I was like listing things that I eat and I was like you know and she was like sounds like you eat a lot of stuff no what she said oh, was okay. how do you get your vegetables and I was like, fuck you. Yeah. I'm an adult woman. Like, I'm perfectly capable of making sure that I'm eating a vegetable. Yeah. And, like, I'm managing this pretty that well for someone who's managing this, like, this on my own. Yeah. yeah, I was like, you're not my doctor. No. <laughs> so, first of all, that, like, kind of rubs me the wrong way. Oh, God. And then there was just, like, a couple things where she would, like, ask me really weird questions, like... She was like, well, what did you eat for breakfast this morning? And I was like, well, I didn't. Because that morning I had a 8 a.m. dentist appointment mm. to get a filling done. So, obviously, I didn't. Yeah, I got up and left. And yeah, was like, I'm right, not going to exactly. eat. Like, no. I'm about to go to the dentist. I'll eat after I get out of the dentist. Yeah. And so, she was like... And then she made a comment later on. Because we were going to, like, schedule the assessment. And she was like, and you need to eat before you come. And I was like... Oh, my God. I eat before it. Leave yeah. me alone. I was like, okay, lady. I, like, promise that I'm eating the best that I can, like, with the tools that I have. I, like, yes. have a lot of food issues, but I do eat food. Yeah. And I, like, try to eat a relatively balanced diet. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. You're staying healthy. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it was just a few things like that where it almost felt like she, like, thought I wasn't doing a good enough job. <sighs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah. And that's how my psychiatrist has also been before. I've seen two different psychiatrists. One was really like that, and that's why I don't see her anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I get that. Where? Yeah. And then they were like, gonna schedule the assessment, and I was like, sure. And then she was like, it's gonna be $2,000, and I was like, uh, I think actually not. I might be good. I was like, I'm not going to pay $2,000 for information that I already so have. you already have. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no thanks. So the medical or the mental health system is fucking Yeah, broken. I was like, that's crazy, first of all. And my yeah. insurance doesn't cover any of it. So, like, so it probably wouldn't have been that bad if it did, but it doesn't. Sure, exactly. And it was like, you know, it's just not. Because she, it, it, she said exactly what I expected her to say, which was, yeah, it seems like you have a lot of symptoms of ADHD and a lot of symptoms that are not ADHD that match up with autism. So, like, right. 
So I recommend get, testing you Yeah, further. to get an official diagnosis, it's not like other, like, you know, anxiety or depression where you can just listen. You have to, right. like, do certain, like, physical tests. tests yeah. to, like, get an actual diagnosis. And I was like, what, this is not worth $2,000. No, I get, yeah, I think I would have made the same decision as I you did. I was like, not worth it, so. Yeah, no. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I have something I can talk about. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'm going to be vulnerable here. But I think it's important to talk about. We do about. not believe in vulnerability. We do not believe in vulnerability in this podcast. Tomato, tomato. tomato. <laughs> um, so, after I got, okay, I got diagnosed with bipolar. I keep saying that, but. <laughs> Wait, I need to interrupt you real quick. Because okay. my mom just sent the worst picture ever to our family group Oh, chat. no. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of headroom in that picture. <laughs> My mom wanted, she just recently got her first iPhone, right? And she's always had one of those, like, kind of, like, off-brand, like, smartphones. So she just recently, within the last few months, got her first iPhone. And then decided that it was time to try AirPods for the first time. (laughs) Because about a year ago, she got introduced to, like, wireless earbuds. And really loves wireless earbuds. And she was like, well, I really want ones to work with my new iPhone. So she got some for Mother's Day. And was sending a picture of her wearing them. But you can't see them in the picture. (laughs) That is such a year And it's, like, a really ugly picture where she's, like, very much in the bottom. Like, the very bottom third of the frame. Everything else is just, like, backgrounds. Didn't she do the same thing when she got a car? Or something like yeah, that. She like, yeah, she took pictures of yeah. herself with the car. With the car. <laughs> Just to send to, like, the family. She's so oh, funny. so funny. Your mom's... It cracks me up. Sorry, I need, just needed to... No, as soon as I hilarious. saw that my mom sent a picture, I was like, oh, God. Because oh, yeah. they're always... Pause. Hold on. She does not know how to frame a photo I whatsoever, and they're so funny. Oh, my God. Um, <sighs> sorry. I'm so tired. Um, anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> so, basically... Something I've been working on for a while is getting this diagnosis, and um, I knew I had this appointment coming up with my psychiatrist, so Taylor helped me put together a list of my symptoms, um, along with um, the DS- DSM-5 qualifications for bipolar. I have bipolar 2, not 1. And oh, you're demonstrating the number 2. 2? As if this is a video podcast. No one can see me. <laughs> <laughs> well, two. I wasn't sure what the number 2 looks like, so thank <laughs> two. you. Are you looking to? This is this is video of my sister from like some video that she took of herself on a webcam where she's going two two and then she goes and then she like puts one finger down because she's holding up three on accident and it's like my favorite video of my sister because it makes no sense and she's like, like holding why? up three fingers and then she's going two 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 and then she's like oh I'm putting up the wrong number oh, of fingers uh, actually two she's uh, like eight when this happened this was not recent oh that's. <laughs> that my sister who's 23 knows what the she number knows, two is knows, she knows too. I mean eight's still like a little old but like you know whatever you know it's for you <laughs> oh my god um but yeah so and then so I read off this list of things and I was like this is the last time I believe I have a manic episode blah blah blah, blah. um and um you know I had tracked my moods on that Finch app which I recommend to everybody I love Finch um it's adorable and she was like, okay, yeah, based on all the information you gave me, I would agree with you. <laughs> Which is so dumb because it was her idea. It was her idea. And then the next time you went back, she was like, no. I'm like, I don't think so. Um, right. So anyways, um, long time coming. However, I didn't really think that getting the diagnosis would hit me the way that it did. Because at first I was really excited. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I'm bipolar. 
And so I kind of crashed a little bit and I had a few really rough like nights in particular because like I would get home from work and I would just be exhausted. But then I didn't want to go to bed because I was like, I know that I'm going to sleep until I have work. So, like, like regardless of what time I went to bed. So, like, last night I went to bed at 12, and I woke up at 11. Oh, my God. Yeah, literally. So, I was like, I want to stay up a little because I want to have some time to myself. Yeah. So, um, I was doing that, but I just was, like, really down and sad and, like, um, and, you know, when I start to spiral, I start to feel like I'm a burden to everybody. So, I didn't want to call anybody and be like this is, like, kind of making me sad, you know what I mean? Um, so, I called the suicide hotline. Oh, um, the suicide hotline is never a good experience for anyone. Actually, it was, it was helpful You're for You're the me. only person I've ever heard that's had a good experience. Every person I know has been put on hold, first of all. Well, I did get put on hold, um, for about ten minutes. Which, I, like, understand that sometimes you have to do that, but also, yeah. like... This is not the really, time. This is not the time. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny because I just thought I would talk about it because I have wanted to call them several times. Let's put it that way. And um, but always got scared and was like, I don't know what to expect and whatever. So I feel like normalizing it is a good thing. Yeah. So, anyways, I I had heard someone on TikTok be like, you can call and like this is what will happen. This is what they'll say. Oh, that's really smart. It was. Because, yeah, it's not, like, something to be scared of. No, it's really not. So, like, you call the number, and basically they're, like, they say, you know, this is the hotline, and, like, um, we're going to transfer you to a call center in your area. And um, also another thing to know is that they're not going to – they're going to do everything they can to de-escalate the situation before – they call the cops on you to, like, come and take you to a mental Yeah, hospital. no one's goal that, is ever to take you to the hospital. Like, that's always no, a worst case scenario. That is the last case scenario. Yeah, exactly. Last resort. They are trying to not get to that point. So don't be afraid of that. If that is something yeah, that is please, you from calling If you have suicidal help. ideation, please tell somebody. Like, Tell someone. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, they want, unless it's like, I'm going to go home right now and kill myself. Like, they're not they going to do any like and they're gonna like a plan yeah their like, whole thing is stuff. like okay now do you have someone at home like is there someone home that can kind of keep an eye yes, on you exactly like, that's yeah. always gonna be like their do last friends you can talk option. to yeah, yeah exactly like send you to the hospital because nobody right. wants to do that it's not no, they don't want to anyone. do that yeah. for you like yeah um or do that to you i mean so anyways the then you will be put on hold with some uh serious hold music i'm sure it's fabulous <laughs> the music yeah it, it gets old pretty fast uh, yeah <laughs> not gonna lie to you if you don't, <laughs> this is a terrible joke to make, but I was going to say if you don't kill yourself on a porno. Um, I'm so sorry. I feel like I can make that joke. Yes, you know. But like, yeah, let's put some humor in there. But anyways, um, and then someone will pick up. And basically what this call operator said was, um, you know, she was like, hi, this is the suicide prevention hotline, whatever. And um, I said, um hi, this is my first time calling. I'm not really sure what to expect. <laughs> and they are trained to take it from there. So, like, if you don't know what to say or how to handle the situation or whatever, it's just a good resource if you feel like you don't have anything else. Um, so, like, um, basically, she had me talk about my situation and, like, what's going on in my life and whatever. And um, every time I finished talking, she'd be like, okay, yeah, I'm hearing you say this. It sounds like this is what you're feeling. And then, um, you know, would ask me, like, how have you coped with that in the past? Or, like, do you have anyone you can talk to? Or, like, whatever. 
And eventually, after maybe like 10 minutes of talking, I was like, um, I think that probably the best thing to do would be to go to bed, because this was at like 2 in the morning, (laughs) and um, tomorrow look for a new therapist. And she was like, that sounds like a good plan of action. And so then I went to bed. And it was helpful. That's good. Sometimes it's just like having someone like say like yeah that's like a bad thing that you're experiencing it's like yeah and validating yeah just being able to talk to anybody about it in that moment was all i needed you know and it was two in the morning so i was like i really don't want to call anyone yeah because i know i'm gonna be okay i just well especially when it's like a stranger it's almost better because it's like i'm never gonna talk to this person again i can really be honest i can say whatever i want and not worry like yeah think anything bad i cried for a minute that was really helpful yeah sometimes you just gotta like be really upset and then it's like better after that it helps you be okay so yeah yeah i'm doing a lot better that's good yeah Yeah, i'm glad you got a new therapist i know your your psychiatrist is also like please get a new she was she was like please get a therapist do you have people you can talk to until then oh my god i was like yes i do (laughs) the suicide (laughs) just kidding um no that's not they're not therapists don't don't substitute that they're not um, but yeah, anyways, it was helpful, so I thought I'd talk about that. Yeah, I think that's important to talk about those sorts of things. Yes, never be ashamed of anything you're struggling with. No, everyone has, like, had a rock-bottom moment like that. Everyone has struggled. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, the worst thing that you've ever experienced is always, like, the worst thing for you. So it's even if, like, someone else is like, that's not that bad, or, like, you know, other people are, like, starving or whatever. It's like, no, but that's the worst thing you've ever experienced. Yeah. So, and like, for you, that's going to feel worse than everything else. Mm-hmm. So it's like, there's no, like, there, there really there's no reason no for it to be, yeah, like, invalid because someone else has it worse. Or, like, yeah. Someone else is, like, dealing with more than you. Yeah. Don't, yeah, don't ever feel like you're not allowed to struggle because you're not struggling as hard as someone else. Yeah, that's, I hate it when people do that because it's, yeah. like, for like any because like I remember one time I was talking to one of my coworkers and she was it was that coworker that her daughter like got a splinter while she was on the phone with me. Aww. And the girl was like she was like sobbing and freaking out and was like, This is the worst thing that's ever happened. Aww. And then my coworker after I was like, you know, is she okay? And she's like, Yeah, she's fine. She just kinda of freaked out. You know, she's five. So like when you're five, everything is the that's worst a big thing deal. You've ever experienced because it's never happened much. before. And I was like, honestly, yeah. that's kind of the same for everybody where it's like yeah, it's true. if that's never happened before, or like this is the worst thing you've ever experienced, like yeah, it's gonna feel terrible. Yeah, I remember one time when I was very little I had a canker sore for like a week and Oh my god. <laughs> my mouth. Those plague me to this day. Dude, literally, they're so bad. Um I got one really bad after going to the dentist, not this past time, but the time before. Oh it was so whoa. bad. I was like Denise, <laughs> you did me so dirty. Um, yeah, and like, I remember saying to my mom, "This is ruining my life." <laughs> but that's like because yeah. it was at the time yeah, when you're little. Yeah. It's like this is the most inconvenient thing I've ever experienced. Yeah, like, this like, feels like the end of the world. Anything without pain. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, that's uh, pretty much all I have to say about that. Yeah, it's all in perspective. It is. It's yeah. All right, we're gonna somehow muster up a whole other episode after this. We can do it, I believe in it. Oh, yeah. We're both just gonna, like... (laughs) Oh, my God, seriously. I also haven't eaten dinner yet, because we went to this, like, really old person restaurant. (laughs) We should get dinner. We should get dinner. We'll order dinner. I wasn't Um, gonna, yeah. Yeah, we went to this, like, really old person restaurant, and everything was, like, meat that I couldn't eat, because it was a southern restaurant, so it's all, like, fucking pork and beef. Yeah, of course it is. And so I had to get this soup, and the soup was really gross. Oh, man, that sucks. 
So I was just like sipping this like little tiny bowl of soup <laughs> that I think is supposed to be chicken, and I swear to God there was pork in it instead. God damn it! I was like, this doesn't uh, taste like chicken. Yeah, that so, seems pretty suspicious. I think maybe they like ran out and were like, nobody will notice. Ah, that's what, I, what exactly. <laughs> One meat's another meat. Who cares? <laughs> anyway, all right. Thank you, and we're, we're sorry. sorry.